Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the annual plan and also to download a training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. If you are a United States or U.S. entity and not currently doing an IRS 10 match for your vendors that you onboard for accounts payable payments, one, don't worry because you're not alone. And two, I have options that you can pick from to start this critical validation. And if you're currently doing it, I have something for you too. Maybe a different option that will make your vendor process more efficient. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 176, Four Ways to Do the IRS 10 Match. Now, before we get to these four ways, I do want to talk about what the IRS 10 Match is and why you want to do it. So the first thing is, is that the IRS 10 Match is a way for uh companies that pay vendors to validate that the vendor's legal name and tax ID, be it a uh, uh, employer identification number or EIN, a social security number or SSN or an individual uh, taxpayer identification number or an ITIN. And by the way, that ITIN is issued by the IRS when there is an individual that is not eligible for a social security number that is issued by the Social Security Administration. So you can verify that um, the vendor's legal name and tax ID matches what the IRS has on file. And the reason that you want to verify that it matches is really two. One, so that you know that vendor is real. And in this world of fraud, you do need to make sure the vendor is real. So um, don't listen to anyone that says, hey, I'm not, you're not going to pay me over $600. So I'm not going to be, or I'm not reportable. And so you don't need to do the IRS 10 match. Yes, you absolutely do. Cause that's just one more thing that's going to um, ensure you that the vendor is real. And if they are not real, then that's an additional red flag. So that's one to make sure the vendor is real. And then two, you want to make sure that if you had to report for the vendor, um, if that vendor is reportable on a 1099 MISC or 1099 NEC, which is typically what accounts payable 
um, uh, processes uh, the following year when they report the payments made to those reportable vendors. You want to make sure that the tax ID and the legal name combination matches IRS records, else your company um, will be uh, fined and and uh, issued uh, penalties. And so you don't want that to happen. You also don't want the resulting CP2100 notice that um, will trigger your very manual B notice process. So you'll have to do um, reach out to the vendor, ask for a, uh, a a new W-9. And if they don't give it to you, then you could possibly get into a situation where you have to start withholding from them. And so you want to make sure that the vendor's legal name and tax ID matches IRS records and that the vendor is real before you even make that first payment. And so the IRS 10 match is how you do that. All right. So the next part of this is where do you get the information to do the IRS 10 match? And most of you probably already know it is the IRS form W-9. And we're just going to focus on those U.S. vendors, although you could uh, do an IRS 10 match for any foreign vendors that had uh, a an IRS uh tax ID number. So they could have an IRS tax ID number. And so in that, if that's the case, and you would also do the 10 match, but for the most part, it's going to be your U.S. vendors. They're going to submit you the IRS form W-9, either the IRS's version, or you could have a substitute version uh, W-9, which I actually recommend. And I do have a podcast uh, on that topic, and it's called One Reason to Switch to a Substitute Form W-9. So if you're interested in that, check out episode 41. So included on the W-9, whether it's the IRS's version or a substitute W-9, will be the vendor's legal name. It'll also be uh, their disregarded entity or DBA name if they have one. And then it'll have their taxpayer identification number, either their social security number or their employer identification number. If they have an I-10, the individual uh, taxpayer identification number, that it's typically found on a W-8 because those are for foreign uh, individuals that do not qualify for an SSN. So on the W-9, you're going to get either the SSN or the EIN along with their legal name. They'll also have their address, but the address is not required for the IRS 10 match. So that's the information that you should receive with either your uh, IRS for, uh, version of the W-9 or your substitute W-9. I do want to answer one question though, because I get it all the time. And is that, and that is, is a W-9 uh, required? And so um, my answer to that is for the payments that are reported on the 1099 MISC and the 1099 NEC, again, which is typically what accounts, the accounts payable type payments um, are made and are reported on. Um, the W-9 is, is not required. As a matter of fact, even if you do receive it, um, the IRS doesn't even require it to be signed. Now, that's just the IRS's standards. Uh, my recommendation is to definitely require it. 
um, and to definitely get it signed because again, you want to make sure that that uh, vendor is real. But technically, um, per the IRS guidelines, you could receive that taxpayer identification number or that tax ID even via phone and be able to uh, use the vendor's legal name and their tax ID in order to do the 10 match. So technically it's not required. I think that is a bad practice because you want to make sure that you have your support for you do, uh, your due diligence and you want to make sure your uh, vendor is real. And so you don't want uh, a fraudster having a, uh, a great time trying to or being able to get away with giving you a tax ID over the phone or even not giving one at all and not having that IRS 10 match being done. And then you not find out that it's a fraudulent payment until later. So require the W-9, require it to be signed, and then also do the 10 match is a best practice. So now that we've talked about what the 10 match is, where you get the information to do the 10 match and why you want to do uh, that 10 match, let's talk about four different ways that you can do that IRS 10 match. And the first one is free. So the first one is the irs.gov, their e-services. Um, they do have, or the IRS does provide the ability for um, you to verify your vendor's legal name and tax ID against their records. And they do offer both um, individual lookups, so one by one. And then they also have the uh, option to do a bulk file upload. And why would you want to do a bulk file upload? Well, you want to do a bulk file upload, um, for example, as part of cleaning your vendor master file to make sure that your vendor hasn't changed their legal name or uh, tax ID. Maybe they were acquired, maybe they were merged with someone and just kind of forgot to tell you. And you don't find that out until you do your 1099 filing. And then uh, you get a notice from the IRS that the uh, tax ID and legal name combination are no longer or are not good, which means they could have been good when you set them up, but then uh, something changed and they're no longer good and they didn't tell you about it. So you want to make sure that you find that out before you file with the, uh, with the IRS for your 1099s. And plus, you just want to make sure even if the vendors are not reportable, that they are still, uh, the information in your vendor master file is still valid. So signing up with the IRS um, is uh, a free option. And if you have not already signed up and believe it or not, um, if this is you, do not feel bad because I talk to people that have um, are currently not doing the IRS 10 match. And so the first option they go for is the irs.gov. And so if you have not signed up yet, um, the principal of the company must register first, then the rest of the team can register. And if you need help with doing that, you can use uh, IRS publication uh, 2108-A. It is the online taxpayer identification number or 10 matching program. And those are, uh, they have instructions on that full process. And you can check the description or the show notes. I'll put a link to that uh, IRS form in, uh, in the show notes. 
So again, IRS.gov is free. Um, the only bad part or, or kind of downside to it is that it does take time to do. So the principal must register first. And uh, I've actually used the IRS.gov e-services uh, 10 matching um, program before, and it would take two to three weeks to sign up. Um, so first your principal has to sign up and then as you, um, you sign up your team members, but then as you, you know, have turnover and other new team members come on, then they have to sign up and that takes two to three weeks. Um, at least it used to, and I don't imagine that it has, uh, changed, uh, changed that much, especially with, uh, the state or the, uh, increased activity that the IRS has had over the past few months, uh, or past 24 months. Um, I guess now we're in the March, 2022, um, that that process has gotten any quicker. I did have one person on a webinar one time, tell me that it only took a week. So if that's the case, um, that's really great. Um, but do we recognize that it takes some time to get registered with the IRS uh, e-services in order to do the 10 matching. Now, uh, the second way is it may already be included with your existing license if you have 1099 or 1042 software. So if you have software or, uh, or a platform where you process your 1099s and or your 1042s, which you should be doing now as of the publication of this podcast, the 1042s reporting and the forms for the 1042s are due March 15th. But if you have software that uh, you use to process those forms, it may be included that functionality to do an IRS 10 match, whether it's individual lookups or um, bulk upload, or maybe they have a way to do that with um, within the portal itself. Um, that could be an option. So if you're if you have a software or a platform where you're processing 1099s and 1042s and you're not aware if they have the ability to do the 10 match, um, it, it could be approved beneficial for you to go ahead and reach out to them. It could be an additional cost for the 10 matches, um, but at least you will have an option to do it within a platform or software that you're already using. And you don't have to wait for um, the registration of each team member as you had to with the IRS uh, free version. All right. So that was number two. Uh, number three is 10match.com. And I really wish that they had some type of an affiliate program because I talk about them all the time. Um, when I was a practitioner, we um, initially started off with irs.gov and then we switched to 10match.com. Now, 10match.com is uh, a website, um, but they offer individual lookups and also the bulk 10match. They're is a cost and the cost is based on the number of lookups um, per month. There's a whole separate fee structure for bulk file uploads. Um, but what I liked about 10Match is that uh, it is connected directly with the IRS 
records directly with the IRS's database. So if you are familiar with using um, IRS.gov, their e-services, um, then you know sometimes that database goes down, um, right? Or they have intermittent issues. And so if they have those intermittent issues, uh, then 10Match will give you the exact same uh, error message because they are connected to the IRS records. So that's really good. So you might be wondering then, well, why do you want uh, you know pay for a separate service? Well, one is um, all it requires is an admin, like you can sign up, pick your uh, subscription plan, and then just start adding team members. It's immediate. And so, uh, you know, if down the line someone um, leaves and someone replaces them, then you can remove the access from the person that left and then add the access for the person that's coming in. And it is immediate. Now, other things I like about it is that uh, not only does it do the IRS 10 match, but it is uh, will also do the address U.S. address formatting for you. So if you are currently going and, uh, for example, to the USPS, they have a lookup tool where you key in the address and then it'll format it for you at the plus four, um, all of that. Uh, it's the same thing that 10Match does as well, because just like it's connected to IRS records or that database, it's also um, has an API to the USPS address database as well. And so it will provide that same formatting and the same populating of data uh, where it's missing. So it does that. And then it also does um, watch list validations. It has a total of 44 different validations. You might not need all of them, but those validations do include um, OFAC and you definitely need that because U.S. entities or individuals are not permitted or are prohibited from doing business with uh, vendors that appear on that list. So you need to make sure you're checking them. And then if you are a uh, government agency, then you have to make sure that your vendors are not on the system of award management or SAM exclusion list. Um, another great example is if you are a healthcare entity, uh, you have to make sure you're not doing business with vendors that are on the um, Office of Inspector General or OIG exclusion list. And so it has those as well as, um, again, 44 um, total uh, watch list validations that it will do. And it's all included in that same cost. So when you do the IRS 10 match, you're also doing, um, if you key in the address from the W-9, you're also doing uh, the uh, U.S. address validation and formatting and standardization plus you're doing your watch list validation. So if you need a reason to switch from, you know, doing the irs.gov um, for the 10 match, which is free, to doing a separate paid subscription with 10 match um, or any other one that you might uh, that you might use, then that is a uh, having additional functionality so that you don't have to go to multiple places um, when you're trying to validate that vendor, like a separate one. Um, you do uh, a separate one for the 10 match and then go to a separate one, maybe USPS for the address, and then go to a separate uh, site or tool for the watch list validations. It's all kind of rolled up into one. And I talked before about how 
we used to use irs.gov and then we switched to 10match.com where it was for that um, process efficiency reason. And also because, you know, we started having a lot of turnover and we also inherited uh, a, a book of uh, business that brought in um, some vendor, uh, some vendor onboarding as well. And we didn't want to have to, you know, wait the two to three weeks because we were using contractors too. And we didn't want them to have to sign up with the IRS.gov because um, if I remember correctly, and it still could be true, they do ask for some of your tax filing information. And so we didn't want to have the uh, contractors go through that. Plus we didn't know if they were going to stay anyway. And so by the time, you know, they were uh, fully registered that two, three week process, they may be gone. So for us, it was, it was a process efficiency and also a staffing issue that we resolved by signing up with 10match.com. And one last thing about 10match.com, I did mention before that they also, uh, offer the bulk 10 match or bulk upload file for the 10 match, uh, the same way that irs.gov does. But what they also offer with that, in addition to the IRS, uh, 10 matches, they will also check the watch list again. Um, it does not include the address standardization or format. Like you can't include the addresses on the upload file, but when you upload the vendor legal name and tax ID, not only does it do the IRS 10 match, but it will check it against those 44 watch lists that are included with that, um, with, uh, with their service. All right. So the last one that I have, number four is W9 Manager. Now, W9 Manager, you can do individual lookups, or at least I think it's part of the database itself. And then you can also do bulk uploads. Now, if you haven't heard of W9 Manager before, it is an online tool where you can sign up and what happens is, is when you want to collect a W-9, you send a link to your vendors. Your vendors will complete their W-9 online within the tool, or they can scan a PDF version. Um, but the tool itself walks them through the W-9 so that uh, they get an accurate or a, uh, a W-9 that is valid that then um, you will have uh, within your, within the portal that you can use. And the, the great advantage that I see for that is that the W9s are completed correctly. Cause I, I know you guys have been there too. I have been there where the vendors don't really know how to fill out their W9s. And so you end up going back and forth and back and forth with them, um, because they don't know how to fill them out. And this tool solves that in that you send them a link, they walk through the interactive, uh, W9 and then they submit it within the portal so that then you can go in and uh, access their accurate W-9. And what's really nice about it is if they are a company that knows how to fill out their W-9s, they already have one, as most folks do, and uh, you they can upload a PDF version in that case. Uh, the other benefits um, that you get from using W-9 is they will um, uh, tell you if that vendor is reportable or not. Uh, and then they will also, 
if you have a vendor that is that does not have a W-9, they will continue to like if you send an invitation to a vendor to do uh, to complete that W-9 and submit it and they didn't do it, they'll continue to send reminders. So that way your team doesn't have to remember to reach out to vendors that haven't submitted their their W-9. So it does work well. And they did add, I believe it was last year, they added the option to do the IRS 10 match um, within the portal as an individual lookup. And then they also have a bulk option and uh, there are, it is additional pricing for that, which they have put out on their website. So I'll put a link to, um, actually, I don't know if I said it, um, that I put a link to 10match.com, but I'll put a link to 10match.com and also W9 Manager in the show notes. Um, another thing about this one though, is that I actually use it um, on my side as a vendor. So if I have a a client and my client asks for my W-9, as most of them do, instead of sending that W-9 via email, I send them a link to go out to the portal and download it. So it does work well on the vendor side as well as on the client side. So if you have vendors, like a large population of vendors that um, just don't know how to fill out their W-9s, like if you have a lot of vendors that um, are mom and pops or that are in that first tax classification, right, the sole proprietorship or sole proprietor, individual uh, single member LLC, that's typically the tax class that don't always know how to fill out that W-9 because they never know that they need to um, fill out their first and last name on line one and then their DBA or disregarded entity on line two if their invoices are coming in a different name. They never know that piece. And so if you have a large volume of vendors that are in that tax class, W-9 manager could be a great way to make the whole collection of the W-9 process uh, less frustrating and more efficient. All right. So those are the four. Just a quick recap. Um, The first one or number one is the only free one, um, and that is the IRS.gov e-services. The second one is your existing license or software that you um, use for um, processing your 1099s and 1042s. Um, The third one is 10match.com. And then the fourth one is W9Manager. All right. So if there's another resource that I missed, please reach out and let me know so that I can share it with the audience. I am sure everyone would appreciate additional options for this critical step. Now, the last thing is if you would like training on what to look for when accepting your vendor's W-9, I do have training. Uh, It's part of the Essential Training Series. It's on the third Wednesday of every month, and I go through each example or an example of each tax classification what the W-9 should look like, what you need to look for, when to reject it. And it also includes some information um, for your vendor, like a little cheat sheet that includes uh, contact information for the IRS, especially when they don't know what their legal name and tax ID uh, combination is. And so if you're interested in that, 
Make sure you um, look at the show notes. I will have a link so that you can uh, sign up for that training. All right. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 176th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.